This episode is brought to you by the generous donations of John Carey, Laura Pickren, Nico Batson, Elizabeth Clark, Daryl Delaney, Ryan Royce, Irene Viarito, the Cam family, Charles Compton, Emily Estella Scott, Michael Clark, and David Scrams, as well as all of our generous patrons. Hello and welcome to Eberron Renewed, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm your Dungeon Master, Eric. I'm Philip. I'm Randy. And Jeff is running a little bit late and will be joining us at some point during this episode. Uh, which is why you are hearing my voice at the beginning of an Eberron Reviewed. We just did a few episodes uh, with a dragon fight, and so now we're going to talk about it and answer questions from our wonderful uh, patrons. Uh, So, yeah, I guess we will kick it off with the first episode um, of the arc titled The Wings of a Prince. Killer title, by the way. Like That's really one of the best arc titles in in our campaign, I think that I was think all right. It's just pretty, <laughs> lovely, lovely title. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you all took off uh, north to deal with the problem, and you all kind of discussed. I mean, there there were a few paths in front of you to take, and how to deal with the the dragon problem. And no one was in favor of fleeing into the Feywild. Nobody was in favor of that, no. despite well, Beric's suggestion. Beric was in favor. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess why do you went to Sharn, right? Yeah. You stopped by in Sharn. Stopped in Sharn. Booyah introduced everybody to Escargot. Yes. Ah, yes. (laughs) Um, very well prepared. I might add. Eric prepared his will. Yeah. Uh, Dex did some more training, Mm -hmm. um, at the black dog Inn. Yes, and actually got to be a lycanthrope. Yes, yes. He went through the ceremony. Uh, he can now transform his shape once again. Would you like to share some of the other options he had? Uh, yeah. In addition to being a wolf? Because I know he got to pick which yeah, which um, animal in your in your uh, homebrewed subclass. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the wonderful things you can find on our living document. Yes. Uh, the DM spellbook. Is yes. a patron at the, like, one... tier. $3. $3 tier. Yes. Get you access to the DM's spell book. Um, So, yeah, I have going to find it now. Okay. So, yes, um, it it is a fighter subclass. um, And at third level, uh, they get to pick wolf, bear, rat, or boar were the options available to Jeff. Um, what made you pick those as opposed to some of the things like some of the uh, more odd ones like tigers and ravens and that kind of thing? Uh, my intention was to expand upon it later on down the road, but going with those kind of iconic D and D lycanthropes, mm-hmm. um, were, were kind of my, uh, my primary goal starting out and limiting myself to only four. Cause obviously you have ideas of like where lion sure, and sure. All, all this crazy stuff. Um, mostly when I look at the Twilight Imperium box art. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, 
looking on this and I did make some modifications to the subclass uh, simply because Jeff is taking this stuff so late in the game um, that he's probably not going to get the opportunity to get some of the higher tier stuff. Um, but obviously with the wolf, he gained pack or yeah, he went with wolf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he got pack tactics. Um, but as a bear, he could have gotten resistance to all damage except psychic damage. Rats get the ability to uh, give other people filth fever and Borg get a charge attack and then stuff gets more and more crazy and powerful uh, as you get in higher level. Um, pack tactics is pretty good though. Yeah, oh yeah. Pack tactics is nice. And that's straight from the wolf monster card. Yeah, so, right. um, so yeah, I was, I was happy, but also surprised that Jeff picked wolf just cause he loved being a werebear. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also understand it. Um, but yeah, so you all took care of all that stuff and then continued your Booyah, journey. Booyah cracked the jewel in his weapon. Oh yeah, like cracking his jewel. Yeah, that's true. But it gave him, him gave him some ice damage against some dragons. Yeah, so, which was a boon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, Booyah tinkered, and we'll see if that has any repercussions down the road. And then I. <laughs> I think that's really all it was. It's just kind of going about taking care of, of some yep. business. Um, uh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And the second episode is when you all headed up to Ondere and started to try and, um, cause you all went to Fairhaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, you ran into Trina. Yes. Um, Dex's, uh, the, the person that was with Sigur down in Zendrick. Um, and Dex revealed to us his, lycanthropiness yep um yeah and how how's everybody taking that i think is barrick just so dead and cold inside? i was gonna say i think i think this was the sad as it is this is the right time in barrick's development as a character to reveal that sort of thing because he's been so i mean barrick barrick received what he thought was good information from the silver flame, which he perceived as a source that was not capable of giving him bad information. Yeah. And then the dragons have told him with compelling argument that that's wrong. And so sort of everything Beric believed about the silver flame just got pulled out from under him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, lycanthropy, I mean, the lycanthropic plague still happened. So yeah. it's not like, Oh great. Lycanthropy, but he's not really, there's so many worse things happening right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Booyah, he's, Booyah pretty much takes everything in stride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Booyah's I mean, extremely chill. Yeah, he's, I mean, if you look at his past, I mean, he's been through everything. Yeah. So nothing really surprises him much. So he just kind of goes with the flow. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, and I mean, so, I mean, did a whole lot of preparation for a dragon hunt. Yes, because you, you did get the information that there was a a, a fancy dress party going on um, in the American sense, not in the European. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I was recently reminded, I used, the, I used that term wrong somewhere yeah. and got corrected. Um, so, yeah, you found out that there was a, a ball that um, all of the various wards of the monarchs from around... Mm -hmm. Uh, Corvair would be at. I really wanted to come up with an excuse to go meet Halix. Yeah. Because I always think Halix is an interesting, undeveloped Eberron NPC. Mm -hmm. But there was just no. Yeah. Also, you can call him Young Prince Hal, which <laughs> appeals to me. Yeah. Because then you can give him like some wastrel buddies who are 
it, it disreputable nights and mm-hmm. do a whole thing. But you know, this has nothing to do with any of this. But you said Halix, and it made me think of Halis Martin. Yeah, and probably one of my favorite NPCs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, he made an appearance. At least the way we did him. Yeah, oh, yeah. He made an appearance in the uh, patron uh, campaign. Yes, um, yes, he did. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, if if you all are interested in who we're talking about, go read the Voyage of the Golden Dragon adventure from three point five or the original Eberron campaign setting. Yeah, he's, he's in that. that also. You just get a bit more of the, the that's, player. That's of the more like yeah, that's more DM stuff. But yeah. The, yeah, if you want the character as he really is, it's the Voyage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, yeah, you all were in Fairhaven, got some information. Uh, basically you had three, you go to the party, you could go to the wizard tower, Arcanics, or as you all did go on a dragon hunt. Um, so was it just pure, I guess, pragmatism that led you all to going with the, the dragon hunt? I really didn't want to face him in the city, I think was Barrick's thinking, is I really didn't want to face him in the city because then we likely have to deal with, ah, assassins sort of thing. Like, he doesn't even have to become a dragon. He can just sick the the watch on yeah. us. And then we end up killing innocent people, and it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really was pretty, Barrick was pretty set on trying to fight him outside the city. Uh, and so I think that's why Barrick wanted to find the lair. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, and then we're on to the third episode of the arc, uh, where you all go, well, at the end of the episode, you all found his cave Mm -hmm. and Booyah shot a bolt into it and just to wake him up a little bit. We had a cut scene. Yes. Um, there was, I almost had you roll a percentile die when you shot that crossbow bolt, and if it was like less than five percent, I was going to have you kill <laughs> you shot a doll. the real doll that was tied up in the cave. Um, well, that's got to be a natural one. Come on, <laughs> that would not have been good. Five percent or less, that would that, be that's true. That would be a um, natural one. That's fair. That's why we need despairs. Yeah, um, that would be like two despairs worth or something. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, you fire, and we have a quick little cutscene of Crast brooding in a corner, watching over uh, Hadith talking to a doll, a doll excusing himself, and then teleporting to your location. Mm-hmm. Which, End of episode. Which his teleportation threw into disarray our initial plan, mm-hmm. which was to try and catch him en route. Yeah, and that was where we had what we had really set up the ship for. Yeah, right? and so we were we were thrown into disarray by that. Yeah. Thus, beginning the next one with a mid-air attack on our little dinghy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a dragon fight that lasts an entire episode, um, as dragon fights should. It's a good fight. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess just talk me through your all's roles in the fight, I guess, and like the highlight moments. I mean, Barrett getting to fight a battle with a dragon while flying—that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that was partly. Beric wanted to get off the the ship, so that it wasn't going to be. We wanted to spread us out. We were all clumped up. That's a really bad thing with a dragon. We wanted to spread us out, and then he cast it on Oriana because he kind of thought Oriana was the only person who was who could possibly fall to her death, because Booyah's armor I think allows him some limited flight. Yes, Dex Which he used. 
I don't know what Dex has, but I just assume something Dex can do as a rogue or a changeling or a, Didn't we or have a wolf person. Or yeah. So would save him, could save him if, if the yeah. boat was incinerated under his feet. Um, but so that was Eric's thought there. Fair enough. And I don't remember if it, it seems like Booyah had to heal maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw some heals out there. I think I got a couple shots off on him. Put some ice in him. <laughs> uh, and then had to uh, bail out of the dinghy. Yes, yeah. the dinghy got on fire. Awfully non-speedy <laughs> suit. But hey, it got him to safety. Oriana uh, just couldn't hit anything like, yeah. with that bow. Uh, Rickard summoned, summoned a sea hag mm-hmm. um, in the yes, ship. Yes, that's, um, that's right. Yes. That uh, if, if the thing would have worked, it would have been so cool. But um, basically, for those of you that don't know, and you can go look at the monster card for a sea hag, they have like a one-two punch where they can make something frightened. And then if a thing that is frightened is within a certain range of them, fails a wisdom saving throw, they just die. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, a DC 11. So I think the dragon would have, I think it was underneath of under a four mm-hmm. is what he had to roll to fail that uh, check. But um, so yeah, that would have been real neat, but didn't work. Why, why can he summon a sea hag? How, what, what is that from? I don't, I don't think it, we've ever established his class. Uh, he's a ranger. Okay. Yeah. It's a ranger spell. So what kind of ranger can do it? It's just a ranger spell. Um, summon whatever. Summon, yeah, that's the that's the exact summon title. whatever summon, summon whatever summon something that's what a wish uh, spell is it's a summon whatever spell um um conjure woodland beast huh didn't know a sea hag was a woodland beast uh it it's fey creatures oh, is okay. what it specifies so you can summon one fey creature challenge rating two or lower sea hag is challenge rating two huh you could have done eight of one quarter or lower but that would be hilarious well because that's the weird squirrels I think it's the druid class that gets that also that there's the weird combo where you do that. You summon eight, like I think pixies or whatever. Oh, and, and then, then you, you do the polymorph mass polymorph them all into T-Rexes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so that's what, oh, and it's the sample creature on the spell. That's why I just clicked on C-Hag and was like, yep, that one. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was Rickard's biggest contribution to the fight, and he fired the arcane cannon at the thing. Yeah, uh, the, the and he never hit it once, did he? Yeah, none of our none of our careful preparations yeah. really paid off. Like yeah. we missed with the net, the the harpoons didn't really do anything yeah. for us. Um, um, yeah, it ended up just being just being a slugfest, sheer, sheer force of will. Yep. Um, so yeah, you all eventually took the dragon out, um, and then went into the cave and discovered <gasps> at all the real at all maybe yeah. probably yeah um and didn't get a whole lot of conversation with him because no. the episode ended yeah we um just because up. we had been going for like seven hours at that point yeah he was in pretty bad shape yeah too, so. um so and that's where the arc wrapped up and we gathered a bunch of treasure did we decide on a number in terms of the gold that we... I thought I threw a number out there. I don't think in the episode we did. We might have worked it out at the end. Is it 50,000, I think, is what... I, that, that's the number that seems familiar in okay. my head, is 50. Yeah. So, yeah, 50,000 gold pieces. And then... Um, how... I mean, I have a, a question. Maybe you don't want to answer this till we start playing our next episode, but or our next uh, session, but how badly damaged is the 
borrowed time from having a dragon fall on it at at speed. Yeah, uh, there's a fair amount of damage to the the deck for sure. Um, I mean, his intention in that moment was to like Captain Marvel through right, your ship, right. which did not work. Um, but still, the some of the swordwood is cracked. The picnic table is probably broken. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there there is some damage, but it's still certainly flyable. Okay. Um, so, uh, I guess we can go ahead and get into some questions. Yeah. We are zooming through this episode, but, um, it's a pretty straightforward arc. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, it wasn't so much character development as it was just adventure. Yep. Uh, first question comes from Kevin, um, who asked, uh, the correspondence journal, uh, from the beginning of wings of a prince, the, the journals that, uh, Dex read, um, anyway, influenced by the span read magic items found in Brandon Sanderson's stormlight archive series and the answer to that question is no if i had to point to a single point of inspiration it's probably um just conceptually and like the visual of it uh harry potter and the chamber of secrets with Ah. uh tom riddle's journal uh that would write uh in itself so just the visual not the actual how the magic works Mm -hmm. but um but i did look into after i saw that question kevin and um read about the span read magic items and yeah i mean that i if i would have read those books it certainly would have been me stealing the concept um uh irene asked what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen red dragon i mean what is the speed of a red dragon what is, what is a red dragon's fly speed um that's a good question i almost want to say african or european right zendrick <laughs> or Aaronol? um Eberron or Ravnica? <laughs> uh, 40 feet. So, oh, 80 feet fly speed. 80 so. feet, 80 foot fly, fly speed. So 160 feet in per six seconds. Yep. You can do the math the rest of the way. So, I mean, <laughs> 1600 feet a minute. Uh, but she did ask for velocity, velocity, not speed. So, oh, um, yeah, moving on. Um, Oh, Liz answered the question. She said lots. Um, also true. Uh, does uh, Joe asks, uh, does Booyah ever get tired of the team thinking he clanks around everywhere and can't write and stuff? <laughs> I would say no. <laughs> He's used to it. I think the thing that bothers Booyah is when they go into new places and, and he gets stared at or he gets booted. Yeah. You know, it's like he has no respect. Mm-hmm. So he tends to bow up a little bit, mm-hmm. but that, that's probably what bothers Booyah. But he's used to the to the camaraderie of the folks around him. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, and uh, one of the other patrons did point out that the "what are you" questions are still rude. So yeah, that's fair. They're with you on that. Um, go. Okay, we have another question from I believe Matthew uh, on the Discord. Um, Username Leopard2Ace. Let me know if I have the incorrect person. Uh, But I believe Matthew asks, what stats did you use for borrowed time during the battle? Um, Would you use the Ghost of Saltmarsh rules to fully stat out the airship in the game for airship duels? Uh, How much would you say an elemental airship or proper seagoing ship costs in game gold? Um, So to answer your your initial question, I did not use stats for borrowed time. uh, Simply... Uh, it was more of a narrative object in the scene, um, as opposed to, um, 
is something that I was going to keep track of the hardness and the hit points and the sections and the, I didn't want to go 3.5 about it. Sure. Um, because like the, the final moment of that battle of, um, uh, Thornal, Thorlar, Thorlar, um, Thorlar, uh, trying to smash through borrowed time. Let's say the attack on him missed and he succeeded in his attempt, but then I rolled poorly and he just lumped against the air. <laughs> like that wouldn't have been cool. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I didn't use stats. I just kind of go narrative with it. Um, would you use the ghost of shot? Uh, the second question, maybe, um, if, if I, mean, I, if I needed a duel between, between airships, yeah. I'd probably need them statted out. Yeah. So. Um, typically, if I have another, as, as we've seen in this campaign, when I have another airship on the scene, it's going to be boarding and hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. as opposed to an airship battle. Uh, and lastly, um, as, as Cool pointed out, uh, there are the proper seagoing ship costs uh, in the player's handbook. But I wanted to address your question about the airships because I did find in the Explorer's Handbook on um, page something because I got... Which is one of the old 3.5 source yes, books, if you yes. don't know. It's, uh, um, it's a good one, too. Um, has some hilarious little journal mm-hmm. entries in it, kind of like what Eric does. Yeah, and some of the early ones that I, I did were just from the Explorer's Handbook. Um, on page 30... Um, it lists the price of a elemental airship in Eberron as being 92,000 gold pieces. Um, or if you want to construct We're your... close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, Jeff has joined us. <laughs> um, uh, or if you want to construct your own 46,000 in material cost. Um, <laughs> we want to construct our own, but it wouldn't leave the ground. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So Laura asks, um, how come Orgev left Beric to die in the ocean so he could rob him, but he still considers them friends? You know, in fact, I will jump in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that was the next question. Um, Jeff has also been, I think, asking this out loud for a bit now. That's what happened. Orgev definitely let us die in the ocean. I mean, to steal from us. Like, the, the dragons... Because the dragons suck. The dragons, like carry an air about them and a lot of people consider them divine but they're not like Orgev didn't know exactly what was he literally flew in and flew out like he didn't know that Beric was drowning in the ocean like how could he and actually I it's been so long since I even thought about that fight were were you in the ocean when the dragon showed up I know I was still up because I rolled the zero that made it happen Mm mm-hmm I don't actually think that Beric was in the ocean when the dragon went into the ship. He might have been in the ocean by the time the dragon left the ship, but I don't there. think he had fallen. Right, because he transformed, walked in, grabbed it, and then yeah. took off flying. Um, and, I mean, it, it's it's hard to convey the thoughts, feelings, and nuances of a being this old. <laughs> like, uh, Philip and I were having a conversation like they're a lot like Middle-Earth elves in that they there is a certain level of condescension because they have lived for millennia. <laughs> Jeff doesn't know anything about them. <laughs> um, and, and so, to, to borrow a metaphor that does not work totally, but it's the best equation I can come up with, Um, When an adult tells a teenager that you don't know everything and you'll understand someday, that's incredibly condescending from the teenager's perspective. 
from the adult, they're really trying to help. And like, and so um, that that's the best real world correlation I can come up with when I am being Orgev or being these like ancient beings talking to people mm-hmm. that they know and have at least a modicum of respect for, but are like infants compared to their, their lifespan. Um, so it's, it's a tough thing. So that, that's how Orgev can still consider them friends. Also friends means different things when you're talking about that, like that dynamic, like that power dynamic being so disparate of saying like, yeah, we're, we're friendly, like we're friends. Um, it's, it's different than when Dex and Barrick call themselves friends, you know, and I appreciate a lot of things about Laura, but she also still regularly says Drakir and Thorin are friends. I'm not sure she knows what friend means. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sure she knows what friend means to her, and that's what it really matters. Friendship is a uh, subjective thing. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, Laura asks, would Drakir and Vor make a great team since they nope. both love efficiency so much? Nope. Uh, Irene does point out that Vor would make would be such a Stratos. But that's not that that's not a team. Yeah. Also, Drakir, I don't I don't think Drakir you obviously be the expert. Drakir doesn't get on teams. Drakir fights near other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, no, Drakir gets on teams, but those team that the team that Drakir gets on is his tribe. Yeah. yeah. He's there for sure, a purpose. Of course. Yeah. For an ends to a means. Drakir is firmly on on his tribe's team. A means to an end. If Drakir paired up with Vor for some purpose, it would be because Vor could get him something and then be quite easily disposed of if necessary. Yeah. You know what? I like this side quest. <laughs> Can we just do that? Do a one shot. Um, uh, Irene asks, has Dex had more conversations with uh, Liliana since he seems to be forming more of a powerful relationship with her? You know, I'll be honest. I hadn't done any of that in my head. Um, it would make sense. I think the reason he is has seems to have a more powerful relationship with her is threefold. One, I remember I've got it. Uh, two, just simply the fact that since I've had her and tried to use her the first time, I've leveled up like five times, four times, and she's always been crazy powerful. And so it just kind of is a better match now. But I think that there's no reason... Uh, you know, Dex had started showing interest in her past and the general past of, you know, think what she knows. Um, and they had, you know, some relatively down quiet time on the boat and in Sharn and in mm-hmm. on dare. Well, not really on dare. Uh, so I imagine, yes, there have been conversations. Nothing has come out important enough to, to make it on the air. Well, not, just, <laughs> not, not even just to make it on the air, but for me to be like, Hey, Eric, you know, yeah. If I were to have a conversation with Liliana about this, would I learn something I could impart to the guys? Because that would be okay, too. Yeah. If just I was like, hey, Liliana and I were talking, and it turns out dogs can smell happiness. I don't know. Sure. She, who knows what we're going to say quarry, so it would be relevant. But <laughs> I don't even think we've seen dogs. So <laughs> that might be the weirdest part. You've anyway. seen shadow dogs. I so, yeah, sure did. Saw them go in half. Um, so, no, I... I I wish that I was good enough at this to have thought to put some backstory about how they'd been spending more time together, but I am still very much me. <laughs> still new to this after two years. I'm not new. No, no, no. You can be you can be an old hand at something and still not be good at it. Yeah, fair enough. I have been playing the guitar for like 30 years, and I'm still not very good. Um, and that's all the questions we have for this episode. So 
Uh, Jeff, anything that happened during this arc that you want to discuss now that you're here uh, after the overview that we did? No, I don't know. It was fun to fight. A dr- I will say, and I, I was expecting a wilder fight because I haven't ever actually done a dragon fight, but I know about things like, I mean, yeah, they have bigger reactions and mm-hmm. they can move. Sometimes they can, you know, just take a turn when they want or layer actions mm-hmm. or all this stuff. So I expected a wilder fight than it was, but I also appreciate that, you know, we're not dead. But none of us died. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun fight and it was yeah. a fun arc and I'm excited to see what happens next with Prince Adol, um, who it's almost impossible for me not to say Adol because it's spelled the same way as Adol Rafai from Hello from the Magic Tavern. Another a wonderful podcast if you haven't ever listened to And Hey Riddle Riddle also. Anyway, um, uh, da, da, they don't need help. They're very popular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but did we? Uh, did it make it on the air and I should go back and listen? At some point, we talked about how much gold I was able to get and we actually got a number. Is it? Is it in the, 50. Is it in the episode? Uh, we said it here. I don't think. Okay. I don't recall if it was in the I don't think it's in the episode because I don't think we decided until after. I think you're right. Because we were trying to wrap the episode up. That's right. So, so 50 million gold? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a no, big bag. No, 50. Yeah, right. 50. Uh, okay, cool. I just wanted to write it down. Oh, yeah, because we did that math on how much, how much the bag of holding could hold. It was That's how right. much weight could the bag of holding hold divided by how much does a gold coin weigh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we rounded to make it. Yeah. Cool. Again, take into account a couple items that you had in there already. Yeah, because the glaive is in there, yeah. and so. I'm sure a couple other things. But yeah, so we've had fifty thousand. Yep. Cool fifty. Now you can reline the walls. Your boy's rich. Uh, Cassian can never know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna stay in my bag of holding as long as he doesn't think there's money in there. He will never reach in and get any. Mm-hmm. Um, until he kicks it and it falls over. <laughs> He accidentally falls into it, just swims in the gold. Um, yeah, no, unfortunately, I don't. I, I mean, I, I feel like I probably could have had things to pepper in, but I wouldn't hear. Um, it was a fun arc. Yeah. It was a good time had by all. Um, well, not that dragon. <laughs> it was gross you made me go inside of him. Yeah, that was gross. It was a cool moment. I guess so. It was something. <laughs> it was fun to fly. I can take. I'll take that again sometime if you feel like it. That's what you did. You cast. I made fly. you fly. Yeah, because Oriana had a yeah had you, a feather fall pack. Yeah, you made us both fly. That's it, it is. It's happened a couple of times now in this campaign where Philip will be like, and I touch decks, and now this. And I'm like, like suddenly I was invisible one time. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know the rules of it, <laughs> so like I was like, cool, I hit this guy. It's like, well, you're not invisible anymore. <laughs> Well, I got a good hit, I guess. But, but that tracks for decks. Like that, like, no, 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 exactly. Yeah. Anything like that that happens to me, like I can fly now. I do not know what that means. Yeah. I do not know how fast. I do not know how long. I like. I never said it, but in my head, decks never really went over the side, like never mm-hmm. left the plane of the boat. Right. Because he didn't know when this thing was turning off. I mean, that's fair. Every time I got hit, I had to make a, const- a concentration save to, right. and to Jeff, not lose it. And Jeff knew that. Um, I don't think Dex. I know I'm saying Dex doesn't. I yeah. I get to decide that. Yeah. <laughs> Dex does not know things about magic. It's never really been a part of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, sorcery. Sure. So uh, after this arc, you all got the opportunity to hit level 15. Sound the alarm. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, so I don't get caught with my pants down like last 
time you all leveled. Oh, that, that was, was so much weird. cooler of a, review, <laughs> of a reveal. It was so much cooler. Um, let's go ahead and talk about what you all got for level 15. What what class you took a level in and what you got for it. So let's start with Jeff. All right. So either way, if I had leveled up in Rogue or Fighter, it was an ability score improvement because it's 12 and 4. So I went with Fighter this time, um, hoping we get at least one more level up. And then finally, at level 16, I will have two attacks. <laughs> it will have happened. Um, so I took it in um, Wisdom and Dexterity, bumping me up. I'm a 20 in Dexterity now, so I got plus 5 and plus 3. My Wisdom went from a 15 to a 16. What's your passive perception now? Oh, jeez. 24. So well, that doesn't affect perception. Wisdom does. Wisdom? Oh, you're right. Wisdom does. I apologize. Uh, my passive perception would be. Uh, tell me how to calculate it again. 10, 10 plus your perception plus your modifier. modifier. Uh, 27. 27. Stupid. <laughs> it's it's real stupid. I didn't I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I honestly I don't think any of the bumps to perception and investigation came. Investigation did come from 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 a feat I took early on. Didn't alertness come give you? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, is that perception, not mm-hmm. investigation? Okay, pardon me. Perception is because of that. Okay, Randy. What'd you do? Well, I thought we had said that we had leveled up after we finished the last time we played. So I leveled up a long time ago. Okay. Like after, Randy's after level we, 18. I don't know. I'm 15, <laughs> but I don't remember exactly what I took, but it was either banishment or death ward or guardian of faith. Okay. I got a spell. Nice. And I want to think I got maybe banishment. Which class did you level? The cleric. So what cleric level are you now? Seven. Nice. Getting up there. Fourth level spells. So are you... So you're uh, ranger level eight, so you're almost... You're still more ranger than cleric, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I'm ranger enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Beric. I didn't really have a good story reason to level one or the other, so I went with Warlock because it's level nine, so I get a fifth level spell, which was nice. Uh, so I get a fifth level spell, and the fifth level spell I took, uh, and I also swapped one of my spells, so I got. Fifth level spell I took was Far Step, which is awesome. And then I replaced Shadows of Moil with the spell Dream, which is on brand for our campaign more than anything else. I don't know yeah. if it'll ever come up, but yeah, but it's there. So, uh, yeah. What does Far Step do? Uh, Far Step is sort of is basically an improvement on Misty Step, uh, which Barrick had used before. Uh, Far Step is also a bonus action to cast, but whereas Misty Step will teleport you thirty feet, Far Step will teleport you sixty feet, and Far Step is a concentration spell for a minute. So on each subsequent round, as a bonus action, you can teleport 60 feet. So you're saying you're faster than me. <laughs> no, wait, that's actually... Yeah, because you can yes. do movement, I can move, action. dash, and teleport. And trickier, and too. You. Yes. Gonna have a foot race. Sort of. That's not a foot race. <laughs> well, if you hit him, you might break his concentration. <laughs> I will hit him. <laughs> And all my bad guys leveled up, so right, right. your leveling means nothing. Um, <laughs> that's absolutely not true. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. Well, this was a pretty relatively straightforward arc. Um, not a whole lot of nuance or anything to dive deep into. Um, so I think that's where we're going to leave it here. Uh, yeah. Hope you all have enjoyed um, a quick down and dirty Eberron reviewed. Um, and we look forward to doing the next arc here in a little bit. So uh, thank you all once again so much for listening. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can head on over to our Facebook group, The Geek Pantheon. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at The Geek Pantheon. Um, and also, if you like what we do and would like to be a part of our amazing Patreon community, head on over to patreon.com slash thegeekpantheon. Um, we are just a few patrons away from hitting our goal. So consider jumping over there, checking out all the tiers. We kind of talked about what you get uh, with some of them over the course of this episode. Um, so yeah, go over there and consider joining the community and hopping into the Discord uh, where you can ask questions for Eberron Reviewed. Um, anyway, thank you all. And I will do my, I guess it's kind of become standard now, Eberron Reviewed plea for ratings and reviews on iTunes. It really does help. Like, obviously, the the best thing that helps us get listeners is for our listeners to tell their friends about us. True. But a not-too-distant second is the better rate, the more and better ratings and reviews on iTunes, the more... <laughs> the more and better people will listen to us. That's not right. That doesn't work. <laughs> the more people will hopefully more. listen to us. Yes. Um, we can't promise the quality of our listeners. There's just nothing we can do about that. I mean, if we can't promise the quality of our episodes, how could we possibly expect to promise the quality of our listeners? So far, uh, they've all been wonderful. Yeah. It's important. Um, and lastly, uh, we are proudly part of the D20 Radio Podcasting Network. Uh, if you head over to d20radio.com, you can find all the amazing shows on the network, uh, including ours, but also um, a new addition to the D20 Radio Network, Don't Despair, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Genesis RPG, uh, with uh, a whole panel of hosts um, that talk about the Genesis role-playing game system, uh, breaking that da down, um, and uh, they just released their, um, I believe... Uh, episode one, first episode uh, on session zero and the importance of that, um, which, you know, if you listen to the knowledge check, Philip and I yeah, put we've a lot. talked about that. Yeah. Um, so go uh, check out. It's been covered. Actually. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I assume they're just su summarizing what we already said. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and they uh, they also on their show do a community uh, spotlight segment where they go over uh, a, a Fallout setting for Genesis. So if you like the Fallout video game series and like Genesis, go check them out, along with all the other awesome shows on the D20 Radio Network. Um, once again, I'm your Dungeon Master, Eric. I'm Philip. Randy. I'm Jeff. And we will see you next time. Da -da -da.